Welcome to Compassionate Conversations, where we push the boundaries of comfort to empower you to become all that you dream of being. I decided during COVID lockdown days to read a variety of books on introverts, which I felt would be useful to my clients and podcast slash YouTube followers. As you probably know, I specialize in working with introverts who often fall into the category of highly sensitive people. In fact, 70% of highly sensitive people are introverted. Only 30% of HSPs are extroverts. Check out my YouTube channel and my podcasts for a series on highly sensitive people that may be very interesting to you. The first book I read was The Introvert Entrepreneur by Beth L. Bulo. It's a good one for those introverts who want to be successful at running their own businesses, but aren't sure how to do that if their personalities don't lend themselves naturally towards traditional methods of sales and marketing. Luckily, Bulow tells us that we don't have to be loud and brash to be successful in business and focuses on how the strengths and traits of introverts can actually be an asset to entrepreneurship. She makes a good case too by pointing out that there are a number of highly successful introverts who are household names. Bill Gates, Steven Spielberg, Mark Zuckerberg, and Julia Roberts to name a few. What do all of these people have in common? They have channeled their introvert strengths into superpowers that enable them to succeed in a noisy world. How do they do that? By recognizing those strengths in the first place. She goes on to explain that introverts are focused on gaining energy and insight from the reality of the internal self as opposed to external realities. In other words, we are loners by nature and highly introspective and do our best work by focusing internally rather than externally. She identifies four introvert self-strengths that contribute to our success. They are, we are self-effacing, we are self-reliant, we are self-possessed, and we are self-reflective. I will share with you some of the author's thoughts on each of them taken from the chapter in her book entitled Introversion 101, which is on pages 14 to 17. And if you find them intriguing and useful, I suggest that you go out and buy yourself a copy of this book to gain even more tips and tools for becoming a successful introvert entrepreneur. Self-effacing. Introverts don't tend to be divas. Many times, we don't even like to be in the spotlight, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily shy or that we dislike being in leadership positions. Self-reliant. Because introverts look internally for our energy sources, we are often our own best friend. We don't depend on material or external stimulation to make up our mind about certain things or to recharge our batteries. It's not that we aren't influenced by our environment or the people around us. We simply take in the information and put it through our own filters rather than taking it at face value. We carry our safety, our values, and our energy around inside of us, which contributes to an unmistakable quality of independence and self-reliance. Self-possessed. 
Introverts process information internally rather than thinking out loud. By leaving space for this and allowing our thoughts to possess us for a time, introverts can remain calm in the midst of chaos and respond thoughtfully to even the most stressful situations. Self-reflective. Our first instinct when asked, what do you think, is to figure out our response by being alone rather than by talking it out with others. Also, we like to look before we leap in new situations rather than just diving straight in. We watch, we wait, we act when the time feels right. The second book I read was The Secret Lives of Introverts, Inside Our Hidden World by Jen Graneman. This spoke directly to me and felt like I was having a lovely conversation with a good friend while we went for a nature walk. It was an incredibly detailed, comprehensive, and well-thought-out treatise on what being an introvert is all about and how we can best thrive. I also love the fact that the author speaks in many chapters directly to extroverts who are in relationships with introverts and offers sage advice and guidance. Not only that, Greneman also provides an entire chapter on the science of introversion, which I found enlightening and affirming. I like this clear distinction she makes. Introversion and extroversion are temperaments. Personality, on the other hand, is a mix of both your temperament and environment. She reminds us that we are either born introverted or extroverted, and that it is all nature with no influence from the nurture of the outside environment. In other words, our inborn temperament is encoded in our DNA and is basically written in stone, so we have to really learn to work with the temperament we were born with. As the author so eloquently puts it, why does it matter that you were born an introvert and that you'll likely stay an introvert for life? Because you don't want to spend your life pretending to be someone you're not. As an introvert, it's important to recognize that your needs are always going to be slightly different from the needs of extroverts and learn how to work with your introversion rather than fight against it. That's on page 31. After learning about the fascinating science of introversion, the author dispels two common myths about introverts. One, introverts are rude. Two, introverts aren't sociable. As an introvert who has been on this planet for just over half a century, I can attest to the fact that people make these false assumptions about me and my fellow introverts constantly. In high school, people called me a snob because I didn't engage in small talk and because I didn't smile a lot of the time. The fact is that we are observers and prefer to watch and listen from the sidelines rather than being the center of attention. As far as being sociable, people have always wrongly assumed that I am anything but. The fact is, like all other introverts I know, I do enjoy being social very much, just with a small number of people. In other words, introverts shy away from big crowds of people and large gatherings, but relish in one-on-one interactions or small intimate gatherings like cozy dinner parties at people's homes. The rest of the book covers the introvert hangover, why being alone is manna for the introverted soul, dating and relationships and work and career success for introverts. The final chapter was my favorite, work with your introversion rather than fight against it. 
do yourself a favor. Buy this book for yourself or the introverts in your life and reap the amazing rewards from the wisdom and guidance contained within its pages. The last book I read was Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. While reading it, I fantasized that Susan and I were sisters. It's not too far a stretch seeing that we have the same last name. However, there is a slight glitch. They are spelled completely differently. Oh well, one can dream. Quiet is a journalistic treatise which painstakingly examines the origins of how our present-day world became more celebratory of extroverted personality styles, while shedding light on some fascinating well-known introverts throughout history, along with their struggles as well as their triumphs. Here is a quote I love from the book, which I feel is quite radical and applicable to our present-day culture. Introversion, along with its cousins, sensitivity, seriousness, and shyness, is now a second-class personality trait, somewhere between a disappointment and a pathology. Introverts living in the extrovert ideal are like women in a man's world, discounted because of a trait that goes to the core of who they are. Extroversion is an enormously appealing personality style, but we've turned it into an oppressive standard to which most of us feel we must conform. She talks about introversion as a continuum. What struck me profoundly in quiet was the explanation that there are many types of introverts with incredibly confusing combinations. Before I read this, I was myself confused about my own personality and that of many of my clients who were technically introverts, but also displayed more extroverted behaviors on occasion or within certain situations. What quiet helped me sort out is that just as with hair color, there are endless variations, personality is also much more of a continuum rather than an extreme of either introversion or extroversion. When you think about it, this makes perfect sense considering how varied and complex humans are in the first place. Why should personality be any different? In conclusion, I've come to realize that we are mostly one or the other, introvert or extrovert, with a light dusting of the other personality style, and that it is very important to know your core personality makeup and how to best work with it to maximize your quality of life. Pushing myself to be extroverted when needed. I am at the core an introvert but I love helping others in therapy through my writing and via my podcast and YouTube channel. Some people mistake me for an extrovert if they see me on YouTube or listen to my podcast, predominantly extroverted forms of getting oneself out there for sure. What they don't know, however, is that while I do these things regularly, it is incredibly painful for me and causes me a lot of dread and anxiety. That's why I keep this exposure therapy stuff to a minimum. I'm much happier and at ease when I'm hidden away in my office seeing clients one at a time or quietly tapping away at the keyboard of my computer in solitude. Also, I need a lot of alone time to ponder and decompress and to find my equilibrium after a long day of talking with others. This passage from her book validated my experience. She says, Stay true to your own nature. If you like to do things in a slow and steady way, don't let others make you feel as if you have to race. If you enjoy depth, don't force yourself to seek breadth. If you prefer single-tasking to multitasking, 
stick to your guns. Being relatively unmoved by rewards gives you the incalculable power to go your own way. I was shocked to find out through reading Quiet that my personality wasn't always such a tough sell in North America. Kane points out that less than 100 years ago, we used to be a culture based on character, and with the rise of the industrial age, we increasingly became a culture of personality. In other words, inner virtue was replaced by outer charm. This all ties into the phenomenon of mass production and mass consumption of household products and the need to sell, 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 so that the masses will then buy, buy, buy. Well, look where that's gotten us. Feeling confident about yourself as an introvert. I know personally how hard it is being an introvert in a world where extroverts are highly valued and celebrated and introverts are considered different or even weird and have a hard time finding their way. But thanks to books like Quiet and the other ones I've reviewed here today, we introverts can learn about how our personalities are actually an asset to this dog-eat-dog world and how to be exactly who we are without shame and proudly take our rightful place in society. To sum it up in Susan Cain's beautiful words, we know from myths and fairy tales that there are many different kinds of powers in this world. One child is given a lightsaber, another a wizard's education. The trick is not to amass all the different kinds of power, but to use well the kind you've been granted. If you found these reviews helpful and you think someone else could benefit from them, please pass this on to others. And please don't forget to like and subscribe to my channels. It's just so wonderful to have your support and spread the word. Thanks so much.